Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris, back in this motherfucker. Uh, yo, um, shit's still happening, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, I, I mean, I got all sorts of different shit to talk about, and, um, yeah, I'll be all over the place as usual. Uh, I'm sure you'd expect nothing less from me. Um, I guess a little update on a couple things. Um, so, Shit's still crazy. Um, as of the past couple of days, this week, honestly, this week has gone better. Um, and I, at this point, you know, you just got to take it day by day. 
hour by hour, you know what I mean? And just the thing that I've found um, the best, because, man, I've really struggled with my shit mental, uh, mentally lately. But the thing that I've found that I think is the most important way to handle any kind of issues, any kind of problems, tasks, whatever the case is, compartmentalize everything. Never make one thing like, you know, uh, never make something everything. You know what I mean? If it's this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and I got all this shit going on, fuck all of that. You know what I mean? Just take one of those things and figure out, you know, what you could do with it or how you can manage it or how you can cope with it and then move on to the next thing. And and if you're able to knock things off of that list, at the end you got less things on your plate and you can manage better, you know? Um, the other thing that I found, you know, and this is the dude, I'm not, you know, I'm no uh, fucking genius or anything like that. I don't think anyone listens to the show thinks I am. But um, physicality is key for me. Um, and I knew that before. You know, I focus so much of my anger, my frustration, my stress, my all of those things. I focused it at my physical regiments where I used to, you know, take it to vices and I used to disappear within my vices and. And, um, yeah, that, that was what I tried to do. That's how I tried to cope with things. I would try to just vanish. And, and, you know, I just ran the, the cycle of, you know, feeling like shit in the morning, powering through it the best I could, then going back in at night, you know what I mean? And, you know, years of that. And then when I came off of that and I came off of the drinking and all of that stuff, um, you know, it was just like, all right, I got to re fucking program. Overall, I got to reprogram. No, I, I never really set out to be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be straight edge and this and this. Like, that's not my deal. Um, my deal was I knew that I would substitute one thing for the next at the moment. If I, if I went into just like, all right, I'm going to stop drinking. And I had stopped smoking weed probably about a year before that. Just because I was bored of it. I had... um. I mean, I smoked weed for almost 20 years. I mean, it, it, like, I started at 15. Um, and, I mean, I was, I was like, 95, 94, some shit like that. Um, so, you know what I mean? And, and it was a daily thing. I was always a weed guy. But I knew the way that I functioned. And if I stopped one thing and then put the other thing in, that would just be the new lean. You know, I'd, I would just lean on that. That would be my new crutch. Um, I had stopped smoking it like a year before I stopped drinking just because I was bored of it. It was costly. Um, it was making me more tired than, than up. And, uh, you know, once I leaned into the drinking, that just became my vice. And, um, so I knew I, I couldn't, you know, replace this with that. Um, so I, I steered myself into physicality and that's where my lane was and that's where my stress went. That's where my anger went. That's what, you know, whatever was going on. So I really hit like a major, major hurdle with this because you don't even think about it, you know, especially when you're, you get a little bit older like me, um, you know, 42, you get your aches and pains and shit like that. Like a lot of these off days or even an off week, if you take a week off of training, you, you don't immediately think like, oh shit, like I wish I was training right now. Like, you know, you feel better when you're training. Um, you know, you feel stronger, you know, you have more energy even when you're beating down your body you know, through, through training and you wake up the next morning kind of sore, but you still have more energy and overall like a better mental focus. 
but you lose sight of that because it's just like, yeah, my back's a little banged up or this or that. So you just get used to just not doing shit. But meanwhile, your brain, or at least my brain, is heading in a negative direction and getting worse and worse and worse until it's like it seems completely unmanageable. And it was like I, I got back into the physicality this week, and um, it helped a fucking ton. It really did. And um, I just got a utility bench because uh, I don't really have like a home gym. I have some dumbbells. I got, um, you know, uh, I got battle ropes in the backyard. I got a, you know, a battle rope jump rope. You know, a big thick ass jump rope. It's like two inches or whatever around. Um, you know, I got some shit. I, you know, I got various different things and but uh you know i've always been less motivated to actually train at home once i go to the gym boom i'm in that mode i look at everybody in the gym like they're fucking antelope you know what i mean i got i'm i'm just in there to kill i don't give a fuck about anybody in that building you know what i mean but i get home and i'm home and i give a fuck about some people in this building and you know i i'm in here like yeah like all right, well, I could do this or that. And then the kids are talking to me and then this is happening and that's happening. It's like, you know, so it just, it's so much easier to get sidetracked at home. But anyway, um, so I order utility bench. I actually just got it today, which is just, it's, you know, a weight bench just without, without the rack for a bar or anything like that. So I could do tons of dumbbell shit on that. And, uh, you know, I mean so much. So I'm I'm really excited about getting going with that. Um, so yeah, that's and uh, just just a quick like side note on that because I, I think I mentioned it before, but I'm not positive. Um, Fitbod is an app that I've used for a bit now, and it's really good if you keep track of like your own workouts. It's so much easier to compete with yourself and continue to outdo what you did last time, and you can build off of that. No matter where you start, you're building off of your own progress. And the app will even push you and just be like, oh, you did this last time. We think you could do this this time. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, because I could do some pretty fucking heavy like leg presses and stuff. And I'd be in the gym and I'd hit like, you know, fucking eight reps or something or 10 reps with fucking seven or 800 pounds. And they're like, oh, good. Now do three reps with 1100 pounds. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to blow my fucking knees out. Like, really? I understand, like, the numbers and how, like, well, if you could do it eight here, you could do it this there. But, like, you know, my joints aren't built for that shit. I'm 170 pounds. Um, but anyway, uh, they have, like, a free program, I think, now during this thing. So I recommend going – download FitBod. They got, like, a fucking uh, free thing where they do just, like, body weight exercises. So they'll give you, like, a rundown on anything you could do just in your home with no fucking weights. And then you could add shit with weights if you have a couple dumbbells or you have an ab wheel or you have anything. Anything you have, you know, you could add to that. And um, I think it's a great way to start. And who knows? Maybe we get out of this shit and you're already, like, off and running. You know what I mean? Like, you got that running start and now you're just ready to go crush shit once the gym's open and, and this and that. So I highly recommend that. Um, you know, there's there's a couple things, you know, with the free shit going on just because they want to kind of hook you in while you, you're down and you don't got a lot to do. And then maybe when the economy kicks back in and everything goes back to normal, you'd be like, oh, I, I want to keep doing what I was doing. So now you're going to pay them. It's it's a good fucking thing. man. It's 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 a very good system to run where you're, uh, you know, giving people a taste of what you do. And then, you know, they're going to want to keep doing it. So makes sense. Um, so I, I recommend that. So the other thing to go back. So 
shit has been very, very up and down. I feel like every time I get just a little bit of breathing room, motherfuckers, I, I at this point I felt like it's it's like a cosmic thing, and it's just like somebody somewhere is watching this shit going, oh, he handled the last shit we threw at him. Let's come fucking harder this time. Let, let's go fucking at this motherfucker's throat. And, and I feel like it, it's just, it's unbelievable. And, you know, the thing is, is like with work, you know, they, they've set up so many different things uh, as soon as this thing started popping off. And, and I'll tell you, like, you know, we had about 120 cats for adoption. Between the fosters and adoptions, we have about 65 cats now. And, you know, on one hand, you, you'd go like, oh, that's really great. But on the other hand, you got to understand, like, the way that it's being done right now is very scary. It's, it's very, very, very scary to me. It's, um, you know, there's a lot less vetting, I guess you'd say. I mean, we're still doing the application process. You still have to show proof of home ownership. You still have to do... uh you know, show, you know, some vet records and this and that, but you know, there's so many people that would walk through our door and you would see red flags every once in a while, you know, sometimes you'd, you know, they own their house and maybe they had vet records. Maybe they never had an animal. So there's no vet records to show. But now when they walk through the door, they start telling you this and this about their last cat or whatever, or their dog or whatever the case is. And you see like big fucking red flags, like, Oh shit. Like we should definitely not give this person an animal. And this whole scenario, this whole um, situation with this fucking Corona thing has made that impossible. We, we can't see red flags now. So we're now sending these cats off pretty blind. You know, people are seeing them online. They're sending in all their paperwork to be approved. And then sometimes they're not even being met, you know. Um, they want us to show cats in the outside of my roaming area, which is more or less a fenced area. And the, it's covered, but it's, it's an outside fenced area. And uh, my cats, you know, I have like a in and outdoor, you know, where they can go out on that patio and hang out. And out of, you know, when I have a full room of 25 cats in my roaming area there with full option to go on that patio, you might get four cats that are even down for that shit. You try to pick one cat up that's not that's not up for it and you walk out out those doors and they'll fucking almost blast through the glass door to get back in. So you got to understand that like if we're pulling cats from all over the building from from the cage area from the roaming area and then we're trying to force them out into that space in order to even show them for 5 minutes with a mask on which again they're not used to um it's it's such a scary situation and again like it's it's going off of like a a 2 minute meeting at best and then it, they're just gone. And then you just got to hope for the best. And I'm, you know, I root for my cats to succeed, but I also want to set them up to succeed. I don't want to set them up to fail. I don't want to stack the deck against them. And there's so much of that that's going on right now. I have um, cats I, I, you know, I worked with for years. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's some cats that I worked with for a year or year and a half or whatever the case is. I've known them a long, long time. And the amount of progress they've made is just tremendous. So to go from that and knowing what they've been through and knowing where they were and then send them off into an unknown situation is terrifying to me. It's, you know, I, I base uh, what I do. I, I, I'm very, very passionate about what I do. I, I promise these cats, it might sound fucking insane to your common person, but I promise these cats, I got your back when they're, they're defensive. 
when they're in there lunging and fucking scared and trying to defend themselves, I, I talk to them. I tell them, like, look, you don't have to defend yourself. I got you. I'm better than any motherfucker in here. Don't you worry about shit. I got you. I'll defend you. I'll stand up for you. I'll be aggressive if needed. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't need to do that. Let your guard down. Trust me. It's going to be all right. And I try to make sure I, I believe that shit. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't tell them that just because, you know, to try to make them feel better and this and that. And again, I understand that cats don't understand all my words, but the intention, the inflection, a lot of that shit really does translate. Um, I, I've made too much progress with cats to, to think any differently. Um, it's a lot of just the intention and they could just, they could just tell there's an energy, there's, there's something there. And it's allowed me to, to bond with so many cats over the years. Um, so it's, it's just like you're walking on eggshells. It's, it's very, very scary for me. So that's what's been going on um, there. Um, I was kind of forced. I don't want to say forced, but um, I was put in a position where I felt the need to take home another guy. Um, his name's Mo. Anyone who's on my Facebook has seen his picture. And his story is this. He came from a house with 38 cats in it. It came from a hoarding house. Uh, the owner died, and the family member showed up and figured out, oh, shit, this fucking relative that we usually don't fuck with has 38 cats in the house. They called their local animal control. The animal control came and said, hey, look, you know, we could take like three, four cats, but we we don't have the facility to even handle this, so uh, good luck. They then contacted our other facility up in Newark and uh they they went and they picked up all the cats. Um and you know they these these guys weren't socialized. These guys weren't socialized at all. They were some of the most gorgeous cats you ever see. They're um the majority of the house was all white. I think the breed is Kalmani, um which is like a it's it's a rare breed, but obviously not not as old. It wasn't rare. Um, most of the cats were white. A few were orange. Um, most of them were short hair. A few long hair. Um, some blue eyed, some green eyed, um, some bi eyed, which is also very common within the Kalmani breed. Um, so various levels of socialization. Um, we got them last April, so it's been. Um, about a year since they came into our Newark facility. Um, they came in a few different groups down to where I am. And it, it was basically for the reason of me working with these cats, because I'm, I'm here. There, there's nowhere else where I am. And you know, where it spreads, like we can't do anything with these cats. It's like, we'll send them down to Jay and see what he could do. Um, so the cats came down and, and again, various levels of socialization. Um, we had a couple like right off the bat, fucking super easy. You knew like this one's, this one's easy. Um, you know, and this one was really social, but that's how it goes in a hoarding house. You get a handful that really, you know, they're kind of like the, uh, the spokesman of the group. They go and they, they interact with the person who owns them and they, you know, they, they go make the call for the food and the ones in the back are just hanging, just waiting. Like, did he, did he wake her up? Good. All right. Yeah. Good. Now we're going to eat. You know, he, we sent the leader out. He fucking went, fucking mushed on her a little bit. And, okay, shit, let's go to the bowls. You know what I mean? And that's how they were. These guys were all urine-stained. Um, 
fucking beautiful white coats that were just yellow on the paws and the tail and anywhere that was closer to the ground. Um, a lot of them, um, including Mo, who I took, you went to touch them and they just shit and pissed everywhere and just screamed and threw themselves into the walls and just, I mean, absolute terror in these guys. Um, a lot of them really gained a lot more confidence and let their guard down a lot more once I reintroduced them to each other. Um, we have roaming areas and cage areas. So when I had them off in my roaming areas, um, I, so I would work with them in the cage areas, which is always best one-on-one. Um, and then, you know, from there, uh, you know, I was able to get some of them out into my roaming areas, which is kind of, you know, it's a coin flip because when you have a big open area like that, it can go two ways. Um, they can see the other cats, they could feed off of their energy and their, um, their outgoing nature and they could, you know, come around more or they could separate because there's food and water and litter boxes and all the things they need. So they really don't need to be in contact with you. So they could just go run away from you at that point and won't let you touch them anymore. So you got to really figure out what's best for each cat. That's why a lot of people will walk into a shelter, you know, or my shelter and say, well, why are these cats in cages? And those cats are walking around out there. It's like, well, if you stay one-on-one with this cat here, I could transition this cat from the one-on-one bond that I have here into a home a lot easier than I can if I make them, you know, scale back to into independent living out there with pretty much like a, a colony, you know, um, cause they, they kind of just do their thing out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, most of them come around you and mush you and you, know, you play with them and, you know, that's a great place to show cats, but if they're not that confident, a lot of times they scale back. So like I said, these guys, they really did bond with each other out there a lot. Um, Mo was one that when I tried, he just yelled and just shit and pissed everywhere and like just stood in place and just like everything came out of him. And oh my God, you know, pull him back in the cage. And, uh, you know, same thing. He was like that with touch, you know, he, he would just freak out and, uh, he came around a good amount but he was still very, very sensitive to, um, you know, like just interaction. If anything was out of order, if anything was, uh, a new, too loud, different in any way, he would really stress and flip out about it. Um, ended up putting him on, um, a special diet. So he's on like a science diet ID, which is meant it's like a binding food. So it's meant to kind of bind up, you know, whatever's going on in, in, in the stomach there. So they don't have like diarrhea and that stuff. Um, so a lot of times that helps work for like irritable bowel syndrome cats and stuff like that. So that's pretty much where he was at. So now with all of this going on, it was like rapid fire emails of people who just wanted him. And because he's gorgeous, he's got the, the bluest eyes ever. He's a long hair, all white, gorgeous. I mean, he's, he's the most regal cat I've ever seen. And just based off of his looks, it was like one after another after another. And I just knew at some point or another, they're going to get tired of hearing this guy's name and just going to prove and send him home to somebody. And like just thinking of the the terror that he would have and the the panic that he would have if he was in the wrong situation, because I've seen it. I've seen it where like 
I try to set them up to, you know, roaming. I try to set them up and I have like a, a cage type of thing in roaming. That's kind of like a cross between a roaming area and an actual cage because it's a cage, but it's big. It's got shelves and it's like a little cat apartment. So I tried setting them up in there that that was still too stressful for them. So I, I'm just so I was so worried about what if he just gets sent off to this and this. All I could think of this cat's panic and everything. I try to reassure him and all the progress I've made just being thrown out the window and him inevitably being returned and having to start over because, you know, he, he'd be, you know, shitting everywhere and, and just so, so scared. So I said, you know what? I'll foster this guy. So I took him home to quote unquote foster him. Um, so he's still in the crate. Uh, he's living in my room and uh, yeah, man, uh, he's, he's doing great. He's doing really great. Um, he's making more progress now than he ever has. Um, he's loving everybody in the house that, you know, goes to meet him and um, Leo's furious. Uh, but he was like that when Ernie came home, I adopted Ernie for Leo and uh, they're best friends in the world now, but for like a good week, Leo was furious that he was there. So, cause Leo's king. So he's, he's not up for some shit that he didn't, he didn't authorize to begin with, you know? So that's Mo. Mo's doing great. I, I could not be happier that he's in my house. I can't imagine him going anywhere. Um, he's, he's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's home. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much that. Um, so yeah, uh, Patreon. I want to talk about that. Um, I had talked about it on the last show and I had, I was full gear ready to do the Patreon. I, and I don't even want to say full gear cause you could listen to my last show and know that like, I wasn't liking taking people's money. I just wasn't. And not because dude, I got so much money. I'm fucking good. I I'm not, I'm, you know, uh, right now, you know, the little bit of extra tax money I have in my bank account keeps me like a little more comfortable right now. But you know, once, once the yearly tax return money runs out, I'm, I'm week to week, check to check. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not in any comfortable position, but as far as like the entertainment side of things and this thing, you know, I, Again, I, I try to keep myself together mentally. I try to keep myself on pace with whatever I'm trying to do. But I'll have plans, again, to, to, to train, to do this, to do that. And then I get home and shit just starts happening. Or, you know, this, this changes my mood. And then I'm not down to talk about a fucking wrestling or this or that. So it's just like I, I bail on it. And that's fine. Like, I could take three weeks off of doing this show. And that's fine. Until I take somebody's money and say this is for the content I put out and now I got to fucking, now I got to deliver. And it's like, if I'm not up to this, if I'm not up to doing this, I, I don't know how to force it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just, it's uncomfortable for me because I don't know anybody shit right now. You know, if I, if I take people's money, I'm going to owe them something. I'm going to owe them what they're paying for. And I, I don't like the concept of that at all. So I've bailed on that. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm really kind of driving myself in the direction of trying to just put out more fucking content. And maybe, you know, I put up enough content where I look back at it and go, man, I've been killing it. I've been putting up podcasts. I've been doing my puppet videos. I got my fucking cat, um, you know, cat advice, fucking whatever YouTube rolling. Uh, you know, I get all of that shit going. 
and I'm pumping this shit out. And maybe I put some kind of fucking donation page up or whatever. Or if someone wants to throw me a couple bucks or whatever because they like what I'm putting out, then fine. That, to me, is all right because that's something that I'm not asking you to do this in order for me to do that. It's like if you want to do something because you have it or, you you want to help me out, that's perfectly fine. But I don't like asking people for shit. I don't like owing people things you know what i mean i'm very conscious of that type of thing it weighs heavily on me and it bothers me it's not you know i'd rather be broke than have money and be shorting someone on what you know the money was being paid for yeah i mean i'm just that's just how i am um so yeah so i'm just gonna try i did get back on my puppet shit last night i'm very very happy about it uh, i think i'm a little rusty um, I'm going to get better as time goes, but, um, that was a big hurdle too, because the big hurdle was I, I made a promise to myself, to Russell's family and to anybody else who was listening that the first video I was doing coming back was a tribute to Russell. And because, you know, Russell was the dude, you know, really supported me. He, he'd ask me when's the next puppet video coming out. As soon as I put it up, he'd fucking comment on it. He was showing it to his kids. He'd tell you know, I, I, and and I appreciate the hell out of that. You know, it means a lot to me. And it takes like those type of things to motivate me to do the things that I want to do, which is crazy because I want to do them. But without like another person going, yeah, that shit was great. Oh, I like when you did this or I like when you did that, that like that really motivates me that much more to do anything that I'm doing. So, um, yeah, outside of my normal, you know, work, training, this type of stuff. I kind of do that for me, you know, that that's just, just me and what I need to do to drive myself through this life, you know, it's my passion that I do with work and the physicality that I've, I've used as my, uh, my crutch, you know, to get through things. Um, so all these other extracurricular things, these other hobbies and things like that, it, it, sometimes it takes that little, just a little bit of encouragement and, you know, Russell was great for that, you know? So it was like, it's, this also felt like I owed him something. So there was no way, like, I had an idea for doing this with the puppet, but I, I couldn't do that without doing that first because I owed him that, you know. I owed him that at the very least, and, you know, not to say that I put together some, you know, immaculate project for him last night, but it was a little something. I just I just needed to just do a little something, you know. So I, I did, and, you know... Um, you know, his wife thanked me and, you know, I, I'm very appreciative that, uh, she liked it and all of that. And, uh, you know, I, I got my kids up on the, uh, Grizz world, which is my, uh, YouTube for the puppets. So if you want to go follow, share all of that stuff, it's, um, you know, obviously with the kids, that part is kids based completely. Cause they're just being 10 year olds with puppets and, you know, I'm trying to direct them and, get them, you know, better and better at at the craft. And, uh, you know, on my end, it's not, it's not, you know, J cat on Yakuza kick radio telling people to go fuck themselves. Um, but it's also not, you know, Elmo's world, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, Grizz did another video talking about the pandemic and, you know, talking a little bit about that stuff last night too. So, you know, it was just, it's just something I enjoy. Um, and, I, and I'm really glad to get back to it. And especially now with my kids involved in it, I think that's going to help motivate me to, to get more and more content up. So, uh, yeah, check out Grizz World on YouTube. Um, the cat video thing, 
definitely coming soon. Again, like I wanted to get the, the light in my room fixed. Um, I filmed Grizz last night with it. Um, I felt good about it. So that's really all I needed in order to do just like YouTube videos right in here rather than try to worry about if the living room is all quiet and everyone settled down and you know what I mean? Cause that's, that's what I was doing things with before with them. And uh, you know, you got to make sure the kids are in bed and this and that and everything's in order. So it's, it's kind of tough, but, um, but yeah, so I should be heading in the right direction with all uh, those type of things. Like I said, the Patreon and just, I don't know. It's just, it's not for me. I, I, I just keep envisioning, you know, eight people that really, are into my stuff donating and I, and I just feel bad. Like I just, I don't know why I just, I just feel bad. I guess my content's worth something, but in the same token, like if it's only the eight people to support me the most that are paying for it, then I feel like, why am I taking their fucking money? Like uh, these are the people I'd, I'd, I'd like to fucking, you know, thank. And I'd like to, you know, I appreciate that so much and people, you know, follow me and support me in, in some way, shape or form. And I want to be like, Oh, you, you like what I'm doing? Why don't you give me $5? Yeah. You know I mean, like, ah, I don't know. I have a hard time getting over that. Um, so, uh, uh Keaton, uh, listener to show, I, I set it up, but I didn't do anything with it. And I figured like, let me just wait until I did the content. And he hits me up. He's like, yeah, dude, I signed up for your Patreon. I'm like, no, fuck. How do I give it back? Like, so I like deactivated it. I, I talked to him about it. He said that um, they don't charge him until content goes up. So I never put content up. So it was all good. He's not going to be charged for it. I said, good, no problem. Cause I said, dude, I, I'll PayPal you back the money and fucking take the loss if need be. Cause I'm not, I don't want to take people's money for nothing. So, so I, I kind of just scrapped that and um, yeah, it is what it is, you know? I'm in my head about so much shit that that's just one of them. Um, let me see what other type of topics I got. Fucking uh, this coronavirus thing overall is just fucking. It's it's crazy because on one hand you got just the chaos that it actually is legitimate. Like there's refrigerator trucks outside of some hospitals because the bodies are piling up too fast and the morgues can't fucking process it all fast enough. So they're putting dead bodies in fucking refrigerator trucks outside of these fucking hospitals. Uh, you know, they're, they're doing mass grave shit out in New York. If you don't claim your family member within fucking 72 hours or some shit you know, fucking so many fucking people are dying like legitimate like i think they said something like 20,000 in new york that that's about where they're at it's crazy and like anyone you talk to the more the more this goes you know someone who knows someone who fucking this shit affected directly um the sto- and one of the stories that got me was um baba buoy um you know, um, Gary Delabate from the Howard Stern show, his father-in-law died from this and he went to the hospital in New York and he didn't have it initially. And the chaos and the madness in the hospital is so bad that you can't get a call into that person, what they're in there for. It doesn't matter what they're in there for. You, you can't get a call in. You can't get a call out. You can't get anything fucking going. Those people are completely unreachable. They're gone. And you just have to wait days, 
weeks, months. You don't know. You don't know anything. You cannot get an answer. They're too chaotic in the hospital. They don't have time to answer everybody's questions, calls, updates. They, they can't do it. They can't do it. Every once in a while, the, um, the nurses would take you know, pity on these, these patients, and they would help call family members from their cell phones in the patient's room to just so they could touch base with the family. But once uh, Gary's uh, dad or Gary's uh, father-in-law contracted the fucking corona, the call stopped completely. Completely. No, nobody lets you use their cell phone at that point. It's over. And you hear nothing until you hear they're gone. And that's it. That's fucking it. They die alone in the fucking hospital. So those fucking reality you get that reality those actual fucking stories that's actually happening that's that's really fucking going down out there right now and then you got these motherfuckers who go you're taking away our freedoms let us out of our house get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here do you understand what the fuck this is not only that do you understand how fucking easy we have it. Like, I just went to Walmart, which is like a fucking war zone, and I try to stay out of there. But when I go, I go for fucking blood. You know, I go in there, and I fucking take no prisoners. I stay the fuck away from people. I go, I get what the fuck I need, and I get the fuck out. You know? I I, I fucking, I, I, I'm like a fucking football player in there, weaving in and out of fucking, I see this person coming up the aisle, I fucking turn down that aisle, I fucking, yeah, I mean, I'm just wide circling around all these dirty motherfuckers out there, you know what I mean, so, um, you know, I, I, I get everything I need to get, I, um, I, I got more paint, because I'm painting my, um, my chicken coop out there, um, Niners colors, so it'll be red and gold, um, but, uh, and, you know, the family's mostly doing that because, you know, I'm still working six days a week. I mean, everything, everything going on, you know, I'm I'm still working six days a week. Um, you know, so, you know, everybody else is stuck home as far as, like, the kids and everything. But, I mean, I'm still working six days a week. Nina's still working. You know, she works at a vet's office. She also works for um, a medical billing um, company. So she works, you know, a couple of days here, a couple of days there. Those are all, you know, essential stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is this is what it is. But anyway, you know, but this is what I mean. You go and you get to fucking paint and, and you fucking you, you make that one full fucking dangerous trip out there. You mask up, you fucking go in there, you hand sanitizer in your fucking car. You go get your shit, get the fuck in your car, you hand sanitize. And then you go home and you get down to a fucking project that you've been fucking putting off for a while. If you're stuck home, put a little bit of money out to protect your fucking sanity. If you got kids at home, you got you got kids at home that are stuck at home. I, I bought my kids new tablets. I bought my kids new te- televisions. You know what I mean? And, and, and we're not talking like extravagant shit, but I took them from a 21-inch TV to a 32-inch TV. And it's like a fucking, like a, an amazing event for them. You know, if you got a little backyard going, you know, I, I had one for years. But go buy a fucking, one of those 30-foot fucking trampolines. 
Go go buy one of those big ass trampolines, a little over a hundred dollars. You put it in your backyard, let your kids bounce around for fucking two hours a day, wear themselves the fuck out. You know, you gotta add a little something to fucking keep them busy, cause everyone's going nuts, cause you're trying to do the same shit you were doing in the house before. This ain't that. Yeah, you know I mean, motherfucker, this ain't back in the days. But you don't hear me though. You know, this this is something else. But motherfuckers are, are so uncomfortable with their own fucking space. Imagine this is jail, but then having all of the things that we have. We could be on the internet. You could be fucking smoking weed, getting your dick sucked, and playing fucking Madden. That That's our fucking crazy life right now. Oh, God, they better let us out. That's That's insanity. You think you could just fucking hang out with that for a bit? You think you think you could fucking make it? You gonna be alright, bud? You know what I mean? Do whatever the fuck you want. It's your fucking space. Clean your fucking yeah, you know, rearrange your fucking room, do do whatever you're gonna do. Fucking get back into video games a little bit. You know? Like I said, with the kids, buy them a couple new video games, maybe upgrade their video game system. It's been a little bit. You know? We just got this little stimulus package or whatever the fuck. I mean, you know, some people out there with the kids especially got, you know, a little bit of uh, the tax money still laying around. I'm not saying blow all your fucking money, but spend a couple hundred. And if that couple hundred makes everybody feel fucking comfortable, it it lets you settle in a little bit better. Like I said, you spend that couple hundred, you do whatever, you upgrade your fucking television, you're doing family movie nights now. You know, you, you, you do something that fucking puts in uh, some kind of stable system to go, we're more comfortable now. You know what I mean? Have a new couch fucking delivered and lay the fuck back. Do what you got to do. This is the, We're in this for the long haul. Stop being so fucking uh, entitled. Like, we need everything we had back or I'm not happy with anything. Like, shut the fuck up. You're being a pussy. Cut it the fuck out. And as far as the big picture stuff, stop sweating that shit. Stop sweating now. People are going to lose their homes. Look, this is a fucking country. This is a worldwide thing. The government has to fix it. They have to. This isn't your company going out of business. This is companies across the fucking whole country and and the globe. But let's just talk about this country. This This is everybody's affected. There has to be major sweeping moves made politically to fix this. This isn't a maybe. This isn't a, you know, this is the country's economy completely coming apart if they don't fix it. This is us becoming not not the superpower we are. This is something that they have to do everything they have to to protect. Print new money, whatever the fuck they got to do. Call what they want. Yeah, yeah, devaluing the, devaluing the dollar. But it, it is what it is. We're dealing with major shit here, and we just got to fucking lock in. And again, we have so many fucking luxuries. So many fucking luxuries. Yeah, the fucking toilet paper sold out. You know what? They're going to have it again next week. You know, like when you fucking, you you went out of your way to fucking find the Tickle Me Elmo for your fucking kid, and you found out what day the fucking delivery was, and then you got the fucking thing, you could do that too. You can order on Amazon, and maybe Amazon doesn't deliver for another three fucking weeks, but you set that fucking delivery up, and then you go, all right, I know I got it coming in three weeks. And then you see if you, and maybe you got a friend that you can leave a couple rolls out on the fucking porch for you or whatever the fuck. This is not 
like, I don't want to say that this isn't bad because this is fucking the most major thing we've ever dealt with in life. But our ability to flex is so fucking small. There's so many people acting like fucking clowns out there. Oh, you just got to open the country back up. Yeah, we don't have a vaccine. We don't have a fucking cure, you stupid cocksuckers. Open it back up and then what? We're just all going to be good? Or are you just done talking to your grandfather? Is that what we're talking about? You're just done talking to him, so you figure, look, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to survive. He's going to die. You know what? I've heard enough of his shit. Is that, is that what we're doing? Because that's what I feel like, you know? These motherfuckers, man. And I'm losing respect for a lot of fucking people that are acting like that. And the government is, they're taking away our freedoms. I wish someone would take away your motherfucking life. Like, I wish only the assholes who are not taking this seriously and whining like bitches about not being able to fucking go to the movies. Like, I wish only those people were killed by this thing. But that's not the way it works. Those jerk-offs will catch it and spread it to your fucking loved ones and and the fucking elderly people who have been through a fucking world war and fought with their fucking life, and their fucking, the, the women had to go work in factories over here just to keep this country together, but those people will be claimed by this shit for an asshole who can't stay home and play his fucking PlayStation, because he's, well, fuck it, I, but I, I want to still go to the beach, so I'm doing it, fucking, you can't tell me nothing, shut up, walk into the fucking ocean and don't stop walking, please. Do me that fucking favor. Just keep fucking walking. Keep moving those fucking legs until the water gets higher and higher and higher. Just keep fucking trucking. You know what I mean? Don't look back. So, um, that, that's kind of my thoughts on what's going on here. Um, we gotta, we gotta get through this shit, guys. I mean, this is, this is, uh, nobody, nobody has seen anything like this before. So, to, so to just treat this like, you know, how dare they do this to me? It's not. It's not about you, motherfucker. It's really not. Get your shit together. You could do the majority of what the fuck you you wanted to do. Get yourself fucking physical. That's going to help your mind a lot. Get yourself fucking physical. Get yourself a project. Get yourself a hobby. Get yourself a whatever the fuck in the house that you can dedicate some fucking time to. Do a little bit of whatever your vice is. You want to fucking smoke some weed, eat an edible, drink. Just don't do anything you can't undo. Don't get yourself into a habit you can't stop when this shit is over. Don't don't put yourself deeper in the hole or don't make yourself so accustomed to doing a certain type of thing to an excess. You know, just a little something. Just take, just knock the edge off. Chill the fuck out. Why is that? Why is this? You know the hardships that people have dealt with? The, the the shit that people have had to do. Yeah, you know, when people, you know, a factory closes and the motherfucker has to live in his fucking car. You know what I mean? And and find a fucking job from living in the car to fucking, you know, this this isn't that. This isn't that at all. There's such a large magnitude to the shit that's going on. But as far as people actually losing their fucking houses, landlords are being treated like fucking trash by anyone who hears that they're fucking throwing people out during this shit. No one's firing motherfuckers other than Vince McMahon. 
No one's firing motherfuckers. No one's kicking people out of fucking houses. I understand that's a very real thought because, you know, if if you're not able to work, you're not able to pay the rent. It, it's all a very normal, regular train of thought to say that that's clearly where it's it's going. But this is like nothing else we've dealt with before. So let's let's just fucking let's just go. And look, I'm sorry, but if you pick the fucking entertainment field as your career, you might be fucked up for a while. Go fucking go get a job at a supermarket. The motherfuckers aren't closing. Stock shit overnight because motherfuckers are buying it out as soon as they fucking open. You might have to switch gears a little bit. You know, if if your career was fucking hopping in your fucking underwear and rolling around with another guy while people clap for you, you might need to switch gears for a bit. You get back to that. If you're good enough at it, there'll be a fucking time. You'll get back to that. But, you know, there, there's just so much entitlement that these motherfuckers think that, like, how, how dare the... How dare I not be able to do whatever I want all the time? You're just, you're just dumb cocksuckers. That's that's the problem. And uh, I just have no tolerance for it. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's real struggle on this planet. You know, the people who are locked in the fucking hospital and can't fucking talk to their family, knowing that shit isn't getting better and they're probably going to die from this shit. And they'll never talk to a loved one again. Not a single fucking one. Not a friend. Not a loved one. Not a fucking anyone. And that's, uh, you know, and that's that's the reality of it. The motherfuckers are mad because they can't go to the fucking, you know, whatever the fuck they normally did. It's just, it just, you gotta chill the fuck out. All right, um, let me go into questions that I got. This was from last week, so I'm going to go back to these, and then I'll go back to the ones I got, you know, here. Um, maybe some overlap, whatever. Uh, Eric wants to know, uh, what do I think about Hogan's views on the coronavirus? Uh, look, I, I don't give a fuck about Hogan's views on a motherfucking thing on this planet. Apparently, he's really into God now, and he thinks this is God's punishing us for it. Shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's God's punishment because we worship celebrities. Um. That's where his fucking career came from, you stupid asshole. <laughs> like, if, if people didn't worship celebrities, Hulkamania wouldn't run wild, you stupid asshole. You wouldn't be banging your friends wise and fucking shit like that if Hulkamania never run wild. You would have had to just be a general, whoever the fuck, bodybuilder, gassed up fucking doing shit where no one knew your name unless you're also a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? So let's, let's settle the fuck down on people, um, you know worshiping celebrities when you were one of the motherfuckers that people were. Um, Steven Milan's asking me like a bunch of shit about like different things that, that was said on Hannibal, uh, the, the guy who does a YouTube channel. I don't like that guy. Like he seems like a complete douchebag. So I apologize, but I'm not watching any of his videos in order to catch up with anything that he's talking about. Um, I guess, like, Dana White was trying to run, like, fucking UFC fights on an island or something, and I don't know what the fuck went on there. Um, celebrities advertising their cameos. Um, Schlack was doing cameos. I think that's fucking phenomenal because he's he's fucking one of the most entertaining people on the planet. 
Um, some of them are absolutely insane. I mean, I think Mike Tyson's like $600. I mean, he's going to talk to you for two minutes, 600 fucking dollars. Like, Hey man, if you got it, you ain't struggling through this shit. I'll tell you that much. But, um, the other thing is, is, uh, man, I, I've seen an incredible amount of celebrities who I don't know that they're celebrities other than the fact that they have a cameo. And I go, who the fuck is that? And then I click and be like, what are they charging? And some of them are like $200. I'm like, I don't know who this fucking person is. Like, I mean, I'm not the most connected as far as, uh, you know, what's in and, and shit like that. I'm like old school. So I, I learned like a certain amount and I just stopped. <laughs> it's just like, just all I know for the rest of my life is just like what I got here. Right. You know, it's going to have to do. Um, he wants to know what's up with the Patreon. Uh, I just explained that. Uh, and will I be doing cat stuff there too? I will be doing cat stuff on YouTube for free for everyone to watch. I want a huge following. I want people to see the things that I'm doing and I want to build a following. And I want um, to be able to get my my word or my experience, my knowledge, my talents, whatever you want to call any of the things that I'm putting forward. I want it to be available to everyone. Um, I, I think... For me to, you know, jump behind a paywall at this point, I think is is fucking silly, um, because I'm tremendously limiting my audience, and uh, you know, I I would just like to, um, I think it's a different story if you know, I'm running a fucking YouTube and, you know, I got five hundred thousand fucking followers or subscribers on there, maybe I could shave off, you know a little portion of that and say, Hey, let me see if I can get 10,000 motherfuckers on a little paywall thing. Then that makes sense. makes dollars. And I don't feel bad because it's not the eight people who like me the most, you know what I mean? And I know, you know, it starts with eight. I'm sure, you know, it's going to start with those, those first supporters to begin with, but I don't think I'm, I'm looking at a, a pool that's big enough to be, you know, trying to draw money from it. Um, I'm I'm happy to be able to get my, I always thought this too. And you know, people, you know, shit on me. Oh, you pay for a podcast and go fuck yourself. Go, go pay for something. Like, go pay for Drano and drink it. You cocksuckers, you know, did these deathmatch douchebags and whatever, they run their fucking pages and do Facebook live podcasts and go fuck yourself. I, I don't really give a shit what you think about what I pay for. Um, you know, your father should have paid for condoms. Uh, you weren't here. You know, I mean, that's that's what I think as far as people paying for things. I mean, you, 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 parents should have paid for an abortion, so you're not here again. Like any anything that could lead to you not fucking speaking my name ever, that's that's what I prefer. But you know, never mind what I pay for, because I actually I actually work. You know, that's the other thing is I actually go to to work fucking six days a week for almost twenty years. So that's that's what you can do with your money when you fucking work um so yeah like i said uh i just i want to put out as much content as i can um but that all you know that all hinges on how things are going for me because it's it's really difficult to do in, in a lot of scenarios and you know i've dealt with a lot of this fucking depression anxiety i don't even know what to call it because i've never really had you know uh anything diagnosed or anything like that um but I definitely felt that fucking darkness roll in where you just can't get out of the way of your own fucking thoughts and you can't get going. You, get, you have so many things that you'd like to do, but you just can't. 
And I, I've definitely felt that. And I don't know exactly what that is, but it sucks. It sucks a lot. And uh, you got to find a way fucking through it. You got to protect yourself. You got to put whatever, whatever around you to fucking be able to battle through it. Find whatever things of comfort that's going to help you get through it. And do your thing, man. Everybody's different. So find your fucking lane and, and do what works. Protect yourself before you worry about anything else. Um, Bernie's out. Biden can't speak, he says. Uh, look, I, the, the thing is, is like, I, I don't know where all this Biden shit came. I'm not a political dude. I think Trump's a psycho. Um, I think Bernie's a psycho, too, uh, just a different type of psycho. I think half of the shit where he just goes like, everybody goes to free college. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Who the fuck is paying for that? You know, it's just. I think he had a lot of crazy ass ideas and it sounded great to people because it's like, Oh, free stuff for me. And it's like, but dude, it's not realistic. It's not really going to happen. He's not going to get any of this shit passed, you know? And then someone said, Oh, well, you know, he's a Senator and he has a better chance of getting things passed than the actual president does. Well, then why isn't he? Because he's, he's the fucking Senator already. So I guess he didn't need to be president yet. He's not doing any of these fucking things because you just can't get it done like that. Just like Trump's crazy ass couldn't put a wall across the fucking country. You know what I mean? He was worried about protecting us from Mexico. Meanwhile, you know, we we got this shit going on. You know, this shit didn't come from Mexico. So, you know, what can you do? But the, the Biden shit is, is, is crazy to me because I never heard a fucking thing about him being some kind of rapist or whatever the fuck these people are pitching. They're, they're treating him like he's the fucking worst thing on the planet. Like, he's no different than Trump. He's the same fucking guy. Meanwhile, for eight years while he was standing there with Obama, I heard none of that shit. None of it. Not a single bit of it. And again, I'm not a political dude, but I heard, like, Sleepy Joe and, and shit like that. Like, he's falling asleep or he's fucking dull. or But that's all I heard. And now all of a sudden it's like, he's a creepy fucking rapist. And it's like, dude, I don't fucking know about that. You know, I don't know about that. But, you know, this this fucking this Bernie Sanders love shit has gotten to the point where like it's like fucking Bernie or nobody. It's like, well, nobody's not an option, dummy. So if you go like, yeah, well, him, Trump and Biden are the same. Is it because I, I could swear when Obama was in there, we were fucking begging for another four years rather than Trump. And Biden was riding with fucking Obama. So are we really talking about Trump was pretty much just sitting behind Obama the whole time? I don't think that was the case. I just don't. Whether you think he's the best, whether you think he's, he's not fucking Donald Trump. And if you're so dead set against him, how are we just going to go? Yeah, but Bernie didn't win. So fuck everyone. That, that's that's an asinine fucking thought process. Somebody is in charge of cleaning this shit up. Do you want it to be Trump or do you want it to be Biden? Nobody, because it's not Bernie, is not an option. You can't just go, well, I don't want it then. That's not what it fucking, that's not what happens. Let's be an adult here and let's go, all right, which one would you like Fucking fix this? Yeah, well, Biden says he doesn't want weed to be legal. Neither did any fucking president that we've ever had. That's why it's not. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it's gotten to the point where half the fucking states you can go get your medical card if you get this or that, that hurts or this hurts or you have anxiety. Go do the fucking work. Go do your own shit. Yeah, I mean, and, and then let's just call it a fucking day. Sure, it'd be better if it was fucking legalized, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, what can you do? 
It's on the ballot in November, though, for uh, motherfuckers in Jersey. So, you know what I mean? I don't give a fuck if it's federally legal. As long as it's fucking legal in the fucking state you're in, who gives a fuck? So go go fucking vote for shit on, on your home front. Go, you know, you know, vote for whatever the fuck in your, your area. You know, don't worry about federal, every fucking state. You want to travel across borders, fucking sitting on the roof of your car, smoking fucking weed while someone else drives it. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it'd be nice to hop on a plane, fucking blunts all over, and you're fucking, you know, blunt hanging out of your fucking ear and shit. This, this, you know, look, movies are great. This this isn't a movie, motherfucker. It's just, we got to deal with some shit, you know? Um... Will football season come back? Jonathan Sneed asks. Uh, I don't know, man. I fucking hope so. I honestly, I'm hoping that they get together a legitimate system of empty arena fucking football. Uh, I, I don't think we're getting any crowded events. And I don't think we're getting that this year. I just don't. I think they got to have a vaccine in order and working and fucking and, and and being proven by July. If we don't have a fucking vaccine by mid July, there's no way shit's opening anywhere before September. Any kind of like events like fucking concerts and, you know, like mass gatherings. I, I wouldn't imagine that that maybe some businesses open, you know, and I feel like that's actually going to come soon. And I don't know if it's the best idea. I think it's going to be forced. Um, Trump is really pushing like, dude, we should be open by next week. And it's like, dude, you settle the fuck down because you got a doctor right next to you going, that's not a good idea. And you're like, shut up. I got the guy from my pillow building masks. Meanwhile, like we still don't have fucking masks. I don't know what the deal is. Like the hospitals are out of fucking masks, but the guy from my pillow is building masks. Like, why why can't we have like if, if the guy from my pillow is building fucking masks, why can't we have like the Sealy fucking company and like bigger fucking companies than the jerk off that used to be a drug addict that sells a fucking pillow that's not that great? Yeah, you know I mean like can we can we get other people to build pillows to also build masks or is it just that guy because he's in your pocket? Like I is the, I don't really understand how this works because I feel like any business that's able to functionally convert into a mask making business, anyone who has like that, that type of machinery in their factories. Cause I don't know how this shit works, but I, I, I got to figure that there's some like clothing companies that are close enough to that, that they could just switch up the materials they're using and, and start pumping masks out. And just off of the basis of business, you'd sell out of everything that you produce. I, I feel like that that's the number one business model of everything, right? Like you just want to sell what you're making. So why wouldn't a lot of businesses convert to just doing this for at least a six month or a year plan of just like we are fucking converting from doing this to doing this. And now we make shitloads of money. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand why that's not happening. But the guy from my pillow is going to save us all, apparently. Um, football season, I, I really, you know, I, I hope for it. I'm a diehard football fan. But again, if it's not in the fucking cards, it's not in the cards. I mean, it's it's the least of our issues, but I'll tell you, man, I, I'm watching the fucking um, Red Zone replay. They're playing the Red Zone replay all month. Um, so if you have an NFL Red Zone, what it is, in case you don't know, they zip around from game to game. 
all day long, commercial free football. And they go from anyone in the red zone, anyone that scored a touchdown, they'll go over, they'll show you that touchdown. Anyone that's about to score, they'll go over there. And they really do a great job at jumping from game to game to game. So if you're not watching one specific game, you know, end to end, you could sit there with fucking bets going and it's jumping around, keeping you up to speed on fucking everything. So it's really cool. And they're just doing like today's week. I don't know what today is. Uh, just say it's week 10 today. Tomorrow's week 11. Next day's week 12. Next day. You know what I mean? And they're just rolling it like that. So any, any day that you want to watch your fucking Sunday football that happened this year, and especially if your team was dope like mine this year, you know, didn't get it done in the end. But, you know, week to week, we had a pretty fucking fun team to watch. You know, you can go fucking, you can put that shit on your TV and watch it. And it's been hyping me up like a motherfucker. So then I'm on Madden just smacking motherfuckers. And uh, anybody wants to get me on PS4 on Madden, uh, J Tiger is my uh, PS and whatever the fuck. Um, so hit me up on there. I mean, get some of that. But uh, I, I got Call of Duty. It took me like fucking 17 hours to fucking update the fucking file or whatever to, for the fucking. I, I must have played Madden for five hours on Sunday. Monday, I got the fucking Call of Duty uh, Modern Warfare game. And I put it in like, that's what I'm going to do tonight. Things like, yep, we just got like four hours left on this fucking update. And I'm like, dude, I don't fucking have four hours. That's like my night is, is that four hours right there. And then I got to go to sleep and go to work tomorrow. I don't think you know how my life works. And they're just like, guys, you know, big update. Like, what the fuck? So I just like, I ended up um, finishing the update and playing like the tutorial that night. And then uh, last night I was like, I don't feel like playing that game right now. So I'll get into it sometime this week. But I'm not like, yo, I'm going to wreck motherfuckers in this game. Because I'm all right at those. Like, I'm not, I'm not dope at those. Um. I like playing them and end up doing okay, but I'm not like the fucking man. Um, I'll talk that Madden shit though. Yeah. I mean, and I've gotten shit kicked out of me at that too, but I, I, I could, I could definitely put some fucking work in on that. So until you beat me, I whoop that ass, you know? And then once you beat me, then, you know, maybe we get a rematch or sometimes I just know like you're way better in this to, at, at this than me. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, uh, football, man, I, I just, I hope, you know, I, I keep thinking to myself, you know, when I'm in my downtimes, like, man, you know, you know, when you lose the fucking Super Bowl and you're like, yeah, next year. And then, and then it sets in like, there's not going to be a next year. We lost the last Super Bowl that ever fucking happened in the history of football. We almost won the last Super Bowl to ever be played. <laughs> That's the way I'm feeling sometimes. <laughs> that's a that's a fucked up feeling. You imagine how fucked up it would be if we lose two football seasons and Brady's like, yeah, I, uh, you know, I was gonna do my last couple with with the Bucks, but you know, I I spent two seasons not playing. You know, I'm gonna hang it up. I got six six fucking rings. Sorry, Tampa Bay. I, I I wanted to come there and play, but I also didn't plan on taking two years off before I did. So you know, I'm sorry, guys, but uh, I gotta hang it up. That that Bucks fans would be on fucking suicide watch. You talk about them hating Brady before, man. Um. So yeah. Um. That was the the questions from the last post I put up on last week. 
So now let's go into this week's ones. Um, well, Jeffrey Sand, he got at these motherfuckers on the MDK page and just, just trolling the shit out of them. And they're just, you know, because they're clowns. And that's what people should do is just fuck with them every day of their life. You know, people that say things like that one kid that was like, you know, um, fucking uh, MDK means so much to me. It's more than just letters. Like, dude, you're a dickhead. And, and that that means that should mean everything to you is, is you walk around life as a dickhead. You know, and that's the way that the world views you and, and rightfully so, because you've you've created that image for yourself, for other people to enjoy. And uh, yeah, so but um, th- yeah, these these people are jerk offs. Um, so he's trolling them on there and they're they're fucking going off. Um, wrestlers on Springer. OK, um, I didn't know that John Wayne Murdoch was on Jerry Springer in a bra and and shit like this. Um, there's there's a rumor that that he he had done some uh, like he he he's blown a certain wrestling promoter in the the mid south. Um, you know, some rotten type shit. You know, that's that's the rumor I heard, and I just went, well, that's that's fucking gross. Um, and then I moved on. And then he begged people for pizza money online. And, um, you know, I, I lost all respect for him for the, the, the begging of the pizza money. Cause it's like, dude, why are you taking advantage of fans like that? Like, you know, it's just people, these wrestlers go so far out of their way to bury their own fucking gimmick and persona. And there's a lot of that that'll go on. I'm sure within these questions here, cause I got a lot to talk about with these people. But, um, but yeah, then like, this was just like confirmation. Like he just looked like way comfortable up there. And I know like a lot of guys have been on fucking Jerry Springer. It's like a, a pretty regular thing. Cause it was a work, but you know, they would tell you like, you're going out there, you're banging your sister and fucking go out there and play that role. And wrestlers are like, yeah, I'll pretend like, cause you know, it's, it's playing make-believe it, it's, it's adult make-believe, you know, and it's, it's, obviously there's a lot more physicality to wrestling. Well, depending on the wrestling. I mean, if you're, you know, if you're doing the orange Cassidy type shit, then maybe not as much physical activity. If you're doing the Joey Ryan shit, maybe not as much physical activity, but you know, for the most part, it's at least it's supposed to be a lot more physical activity. Jerry Springer's like not even really a full spot. Like you do like half-ass throwing chairs and like, fucking fake punches and tackling a motherfucker on the stage. But so it was like right up the alley for these wrestlers for a long time. I had talked to Pondo on the show and he was like kind of booking talent for the show for a while. I think Trent was on it back in the day. He definitely was. Um, but yeah, they, they had a bunch of shit with that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think John Wayne Murdoch's a fruit all day. Um, but, uh, Sozio wants to know my top five of favorite top fives of other people's top fives. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is just some old bullshit, man. Like Joe Gacy, and he's another dude who is just going out of his way to destroy his fucking gimmick via quarantine. Like he's on there in, in Macho Man Mickey Mouse ears and Macho Man Mickey Mouse shirt. And they're going over the top five favorite Disney World things. 
Dude, your your gimmick is supposed to be a maniac. Like, but the fuck, the, they they throw maniacs out of Disney World. They don't let them in and to to fucking spin around on the teacups with this fucking custom ears. That's not what the, that's not what maniacs do. They 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 have maniacs escorted from the park, and you're just there with an ear to ear smile and fucking custom mouse ears. Shit is crazy, guys. You, you gotta, like, keep that shit a little closer to the vest. That shit is not okay. You don't have kids. You know? Go to an amusement park and shit, but, like, don't fucking... Don't make, like, a, a scene about it. Like, a, a year later. Like, this shit is bananas, man. You, <laughs> you cats don't give a fuck if people take you seriously or not. It's a shame, man. I like Joe. I, Joe's... I, I think he's a great wrestler. I think he works hard as hell. But this, like, half, like... You know, I really like horror, but I'm also really, like, a Mouseketeer, and it's like, ah, shit. And look, man, like, I got a lot of, you know, I, I'm into puppets. I'm, I'm I'm a fucking Muppet fanatic. Um, I got the fucking Funko Pops and all of this other shit. Believe me, I got a lot of, you know, I guess, um, childlike behavior, I guess you'd say. I, I don't know what the fuck else you'd call it, but, um, yeah, I collect shit and, and you know fucking 42 years old so i'm not saying I'm, I'm beyond any of that shit but i'm also not playing the persona of a bad motherfucker and then being like oh and also i bought this custom you know mickey mouse pom-pom socks and it's like wait what what did you do again <laughs> aren't you the guy that was just cutting a promo on the other dude you were bleeding and shit that yeah but now i'm eating dole whip <laughs> you gotta be out of your motherfucking mind um, Greg Excellence asked uh, The effect of Chris Farley dying on Kevin James' career uh, I know this is kind of like just a random ass topic I don't know what it has to do with uh, anything But I, I like random ass topics I, I do like that um, Chris Farley, you know, his physical comedy um, and, and being a fat guy You know, I, I think like overall um, you know, Belushi and Farley, you know, in different eras, obviously like Belushi really laid the groundwork for guys like Farley and, and for guys like Artie Lang, you know, the, the fat comic wasn't really is, you know, so much of Hollywood have to look, had to look a certain way on so many levels. And, and then, you know, when it became like, Oh, the fat funny guy. Now that opened the door for a lot of guys to come in and be able to do what they do. I don't think um, Kevin James is, is like the next Farley by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's funny. I like him on King of Queens. Uh, and, you know, his stand-ups are right. Um, some of his shit just gets like real corny. Yeah, I mean, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, like, you know, fat comic definitely lays the groundwork for another fat comic. That just... It works, you know, it leaves a void. You know, anytime you lose something and it had this this role it fit into, people go like, well, who's going to do that, though? You know, and it's not like a carbon copy comic or copy of whatever you're looking at, but it's something that's at least attempting to fill that void because they, they saw the value in that. They saw the worth in that, too. And then going forward, it's like, all right, well, how do I capitalize on that? I'm a fat motherfucker, and, like, how how do I take my comedy to the next level in this and that. Well, I saw what he did 
this gives me the opportunity to maybe do a little bit of that. Give them a little, um, you know, hint of that amongst, you know, what I'm putting forth. And, you know, other motherfuckers are making money off it. You damn sure can. Um, Anthony Austin wants to know my thoughts on WWE laying off, firing people, a bunch of talent, people behind the scenes, all this shit. Uh, yo, man, Vince is a savage. He got fucking uh, Florida deemed uh, deemed the WWE an essential business, which is fucking crazy. Shit like that is exactly why, like, you know, man, if you can fucking look at Trump, when he says, I'm going to fucking uh, clear the swamp or whatever the fuck he said, and then, like, his buddies are getting these kind of crazy-ass exemptions, you have, like, a pandemic going on, and you're going, like, non-essential business, need to close, and da 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 and then, like, your buddy Vince is like, wrestling is essential for me. And he's like, sounds good. <laughs> you know, every other wrestling company is that. And this is just, like, another example for every fucking indie asshole DJ High jerk-off out there who goes like, but Vince did it. You're not Vince McMahon. You don't even run the same type of company. What you do doesn't even resemble what he does. It just doesn't. This dude can just, like, fucking go, I'm going to try to compete with the NFL. Okay, lost a couple hundred million. That didn't work out. Back to the drawing board. Moving on. And he's not broke. (laughs) You understand? Like, you guys, you can't just do shit he does on television because it worked for Vince. Like, you're a moron, though. And he's a billionaire. You know? So that's, that's the difference. He's a savage. He's, you know, fucking Owen Hart fell from the fucking ceiling. And they mopped the blood up and kept the fucking show moving. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is the type of shit that he was doing. And now, you know, they, they had the dark side of the ring, I guess, that, that aired with a snooker thing, which I didn't watch. But you know the deal. Everybody knows the fucking deal. He killed this, this chick. And they fucking knew it. Everybody who's talking about it and all this backstage bullshit, all this shit came out of the same camps to put him in the Hall of Fame. All, it's all coming out of the same fucking camps that, that celebrated this dude for years because they just brushed it under the fucking rug. That life didn't matter to them. He wasn't on, she wasn't on their roster. They, they had no ties to her to fucking keep her name safe or to fucking serve justice. They were just like, nah, man, this is our guy. Fuck it, you know, fuck that bitch. That, that's what this is. Vince is a fucking savage. And, and, you know, firing a bunch of people, he does this shit every year. So he's like, dude, ain't shit changed. I'm getting rid of motherfuckers. Some of them are surprising, some of them not. I mean, I, I thought Leo Rush was going to be fired a long time ago for the shit he was talking. He's popping off the wrong times. You know, very talented dude, but I think he's an entitled dickhead. Personally, you know. But that's that's just me. Um... Yeah, I mean, what can you do? He could hire people, he could fire people, he could bring back the people he fired, he could, you know. It's it's, it's his world. He could really make the fucking rules up as he goes. No one should be too shocked by anything Vince does, because Vince could do whatever the fuck he wants. And it doesn't matter whether you like it or not. He's proven that time and time again. You could, you know, yell at DJ Hyde if you don't fucking... Give us what we want. We're not coming anymore. And he tries to pretend like he's Vince McMahon. He goes, well, I, I have a good vision for what I'm going to do. And you don't understand all the things. They're like, all right, bye. And you go look at a fucking CZW crowd. And he got what the fuck he deserved. 
Nobody has the power to do that to Vince McMahon. You cannot take the fan base away from the WWE. You just can't do it. So, love it or hate it, that's that's what it is. You're dealing with a motherfucker you can't touch. You you can't move that fucking guy's needle. Just can't. Um, the WrestleMania empty arena deal. Um, I turned on the 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 WrestleMania day two. I just like put it on my computer because I was sitting there. I was like, ah, let me just put this on. And it was the Edge versus Randy Orton match. And within like thirty seconds, I had to mute it because it sounded like guys fucking. It was just like a lot of breathing and grunting and like no fan noise and the the commentary wasn't really talking. I'm like, this shit sounds gay as hell. And I'm just really not into the sounds going on in my room. Like if somebody walked by my room and just heard the sound coming through, they're like, oh, Jay's fucking guys now. Like that's that's the sounds that were coming out of this fucking speakers. And, uh, you know, that's uh, not, not really my thing. Um, like at all. Um, so I muted it and I just fucking, it just kind of stayed on my thing over there, but I was watching the TV and look over every once in a while. Um, I saw a bunch of shit going off with the, the Bray Wyatt fucking John Cena thing. And then people were telling, oh, you gotta see it. It was like a movie. And it's like, but I've never watched John Cena movies before. And I'm not going to start now. Um, not really looking for that. So, yeah, it's just not for me. And if it worked for people, great. I mean, great. I mean, I was hoping the WWE would put a lot of production into this. You know, instead of just doing another jerk off, you know, GCW, CZW, empty arena fucking show that just looks awkward as hell, which a lot of it did, you know, from what I saw, like the, that Edge and Randy Orton shit looked fucking silly as hell, which. I don't know why it had to because they were backstage and when they go backstage, the fans aren't there for that either. So something about it, they could have even like pumped in crowd noise or something to make it just feel normal. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck, but, um, but yeah, you know, it doesn't work for me. Um, but none of this wrestling shit does anymore. I'm all set. Like if if this if this whole fucking Corona pandemic thing ended wrestling, I'd be alright. You know, and I know a lot of people would be tremendously upset, and a lot of wrestlers would be crushed. And you know, it's what it is. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, this is going to change the way mass gatherings happen for a long time. You're in the wrong business for what's going down right now. That it's it just is. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's unfortunate for everybody for so many different reasons and ways and shapes and forms. It, it is altering the way everything went down before this this shit popped off. So, um, and then Vince, you know, gets like gets like this nod, like uh, Trump's gonna consult with him to see like when he wants to open up states too. It's like, well, so, so that's that's good. We got the my pillow guy. We got Vince McMahon. I think, you know, we should all feel confident. But that fucking creepy Biden guy, like, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I'm all set. Uh, um, Chondo's video challenges. I don't give a motherfuck about what Chondo's doing. I, I He was, like, stapling shit to his foot or something for, like... And it was the dumbest thing ever because he said, like... 
uh, I'll staple something to different parts of my foot for like different amounts of money. So like uh, in between my toes, I don't even want to talk about this because I hate feet. It's fucking disgusting. And uh, I'm like barefoot matches and this shit. So this dude like typing this shit out, like he's doing this shit in his house. And like, you know, like if anyone's paying for this, you're not actually, it's not wrestling that you're into. Like this is some fetish shit and it's been some fetish shit for a long time. Like a lot of this deathmatch shit falls way more into the fetish category than it does wrestling or violence because these guys are doing too much smiling and fucking embracing the fucking actual damage. That's just fetish shit. Yeah, I mean, and who the fuck wants to see him do any fucking thing as far as wrestling, as far as fetish, as far as fucking anything. And then he said something like, all the money will go directly to the wrestlers or promotions that aren't able to make money during this time. How much, first off, how much fucking money do you think you're going to make off of this? Maybe you should be a little bit more specific. Because I don't think you're bailing all the wrestling companies out with, like, foot stapling videos. You're not even telling me what company you're you're fucking throwing money to. You're not telling me what wrestler you're throwing money to. Like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about, to be honest with you. Like, I'm pretty sure that you do this shit in your free time when people aren't paying you to. And you're just like, why not just do this anyway? It's just, it's just, wrestling is just full of jerk-offs. And that's that's um that's a big part of what keeps it going is is the world is so full of jerk offs that there's always gonna be people to support the other jerk offs that are they're doing this shit professionally. You got professional level jerk offs and then like voyeur jerk offs. You know? So when you put them together it's like, Oh, I can't wait to see what this jerk off does next and it's like, Good. Me either. And then they all just fucking sit together and get drunk in the middle of the day and get fat and not wash and you know it's it's fucking crazy um what's it like in new jersey in the middle of the pandemic i i think i covered a lot of that on the on the early onset of the show um but yeah it's it's crazy i mean like Walmart's just like a fucking war zone. I went in there, like, they have the ropes, like, oh, only so many people in the store, but there's nobody fucking keeping track of that shit at all. Nobody. Um, ShopRite, I think, is doing, like, a counter thing where they're actually counting. Home Depot, when shit starts getting, like, you know, when they, they're a little busier, they definitely, like, you're waiting outside of the store until someone leaves, and then the next person can go in. Like, they're definitely on top of that shit, which is crazy when they're on top of it and they have wider aisles than fucking anybody and, you know, jerk off Walmart with the fucking pallets in the middle of the fucking aisle are just like, come on in, everybody. I don't give a fuck. It's just, you know, they should just have like trap doors in there, you know what I mean? And just, it will help the weeding out process, you know? I'm trying to figure out like the best aisle to put that in, you know? So you just like, suck them all in there I don't know um Janela getting back in shape I gotta give this guy a lot of fucking credit um because I'll tell you what like I was the first one calling Joey out on just being a fat fuck and and smoking cigarettes and drinking more than ever and 
you know, blaming it on his fucking hand injury or is this or he's that or he just doesn't care and he doesn't think it matters and he, he just he's over whether he's in shape or not and da 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 da. And I, and I hated it because I know this dude's got talent. I know he's got charisma. I know he's got the ability to fucking work a match. He could do hardcore shit. He could do technical shit. He could do a lot of things. Um, yeah, obviously there's there's some areas that have worked better than others. You know, some of the, the hardcore shit has gotten more attention to Joey than anything else. So he gets pigeonholed into those areas because that's where he, that's where he immediately makes an impact or he immediately gets that notification or or attention. So they're just throwing them off of this and throwing them off of that. And now we got a gimmick match and we got this and we got that. And that becomes like what he's in. But, you know, I, I remember again seeing this guy back, Jersey All-Pro, fucking him versus Steve Scott. It was the first live match I ever saw Joey Janela. And these dudes were work, working lightning fast shit. I mean, they, their exchanges were just fucking quick, fucking precise. Shit looked fucking great. It was innovative. It was fast. This wasn't him jumping off of a fucking building. So you can't tell me that that's all he was. But again, like that high paced stuff, that athleticism obviously is fed by your athleticism. I mean, I know that's, you know, saying the same thing over and over, but it's, but it is, it's, it's your athleticism is going to, you know, show how good you are within the realm of, of that type of shit. You know, the strength, the speed, all of that's going to come with being stronger and faster. Um, and I'm telling you, when this fucking quarantine hit and he started fucking, well, obviously he's not quarantining, but he, he's over there training with fucking Dickinson and he's busting his fucking ass. I could see a whole different fucking level of what Joey's doing. Joey's fucking pushing himself and I'm fucking proud of him because I, I rooted for Joey. I I am, like I told you when, you know, he posted that video, uh, that shoot video, like the last one I think he did. And um, and I, I just saw something there and said, you know what? You know, I'll, I'll joke with this fucking guy and I'll, yeah, I'll talk my shit when I feel like he's coming up short of what he's, he's capable of. When he's acting like a shithead, I'll call him, I'll call him out for it. But I'm not going to go out of my way to bury this guy every minute because, you know, I, I see what he's doing. I see what he's going through. And I know, you know, what he's actually capable of. So to know that, you know, it, it goes down a road of a lot of people devaluing him to the point of like, oh, he, he ain't shit. He, he's garbage altogether. And, and I don't really believe that. You know, I never really believed that. I just thought he was um, he was cheating himself out of being the best he could be. And to see him pushing himself like this, dude. This is all I fucking wanted. This I wanted Joey to be the best Joey. His window, just like anybody else, your window is only so fucking big for success. And you know, uh, in a, in a physical business, how good can you be within that fucking window before shit starts declining just because of age? So seeing him push himself like that, I think you know when this whole fucking thing opens back up and people are doing wrestling, whether it's empty arenas, whether they have to limit fucking crowds and not pack them in so tight. Whatever they got to do, I think you're going to see the best Joey Janelli you've ever seen. Um, so, good for him. Um, all the new wrestlers podcasts that are out because they're bored at home. Um, they all suck. They all fucking suck, and there's a reason why they didn't do it to begin with. i like to thank you motherfuckers because you're motivating me to do the fucking podcast because it reminds me that I'm a million times better at talking than fucking any of you. 
um, for the most part. Um, so two shitheads uh, that started a podcast, uh, Alex Cologne and ML Jerkoff. Um, ML Jerkoff's the guy who just like walks around with his mouth open. Some people have masks on. He's the guy who just walks around with his mouth open to catch all of whatever anyone has. Like that's how he lives. Um, so I'm surprised he's not dead from this, this just yet, but uh, I guess he's young enough. So he's probably contracted it for sure, but just hasn't claimed him just yet. Fingers crossed. Um, and Alex Cologne's just a dummy. I mean, he's, he's a great deathmatch wrestler. I think he's one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the world right now, but he's just, he's just a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? He's just, there's, there's no intelligence going on in his head. Um, but, uh, they they started this podcast and their first episode caught my attention because their first episode was supposed to be surrounding the topic of trend acid. This is obviously a very, um, you know, uh, this is a topic that, that appeals to me very much. You know, I named my, my show in tribute of trend acid. The show started just after his passing and, um, you know, I mean, it, it caught my attention. So I go, let me see what these guys have to say. They ain't had shit to say, to be honest with you. I listened to the fucking podcast. It felt like it went on for four hours. It was like 50-something minutes or some shit like this. Um, ML Jerichoff's big memory. Oh, first time I saw Trent Acid, he says, I was in seventh or eighth grade, he says. So he's like 14 years old. And him and his friend went to a show and he was in the front row with his friend and the Backstreet Boys music hits and they were singing and dancing in the front row and they'll never forget it because that that's that was his thing. That that was that was their memory. He didn't then go on to say then the guy came out there and he worked this match against this guy and I remember when he hit this move I was like, Oh, this guy's really good. Like he he didn't say anything like that. They mentioned no, oh, he had a good he had a good feud with Homicide, and they went, oh yeah, he wrestled Reckless Youth a lot. He wrestled Best of the Best too. It was really that was really good. Yeah. Then Alex Cologne says some stupid shit like, I don't know why he was never world champion at CCW. I guess he had a problem with Zandig. Maybe that's why they started pro wrestling unplugged. Like, why does a fan know a million times more than what the fuck you know about the situation? Why why is that? Why, why are you speaking like jerk-off fucking language on a podcast, knowing fucking nothing and putting that out to the public? Like, here's what I remember. Like, you don't know a fucking thing. This, this, the one dude was fucking 14 years old when, when I was fucking out there watching Best of the Best 2 live. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. You know, and... and like, if you have nothing to offer, if you have no actual stories, another one of MLJ's genius stories. We went to, like, a bar after a show, and it was like, he wasn't even on the show. And then we turned, and I was like, is that Trent Acid? Like, dude, like, that's Trent Acid. Like, that's this fucking asshole face's story. That's not a fucking story. Keep that shit for yourself. Tell your fucking friends that. Off mic. Don't fucking... This is why you motherfuckers don't belong podcasting. You offer nothing. You're not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. And the thing is, is MLJ thinks he's like a heel or like people hate me and I want to keep people hate me. They hate you because you're talentless. You're fucking garbage. You breathe through your mouth. 
You're like Eli Manning without the football talent. You just breathe through your mouth and stand there looking dumber than shit and drink a lot. There's no fucking talent. At least Alex Colon's a good fucking wrestler, great deathmatch wrestler. He could wrestle overall. He's a dummy. He has nothing to offer with his fucking mouth. He's never cut a good promo in his entire fucking life. So what makes him think people want to listen to him talk for an hour is beyond me. Um, the name of the show is No Psychology Needed because fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty accurate fucking title because there, there's, there's not a lot going on there. But um. Yeah, so just a lot of these jerk-offs think that, like, they're providing content because they have nothing else to do. And I don't know. Like, I, I would rather watch these assholes jump off of their porch like the fucking superhuman guy until this quarantine's over. It's just like, dude, I take bumps, so here's me taking bumps. I'm just going to out superhuman, superhuman during this fucking quarantine. I'm Alex Cologne. Uh, whoop, whoop. And jump off your fucking roof. You know what I mean? On to MLJ. This is my good friend. ML Jerkoff, and I'm whoop whoop, and, and jump off the fucking roof and land on him. Yeah, I mean, and do that until one of you just can't fucking answer the bell anymore, and then you go in the hospital, get coronavirus, pass away. You know, it just it all works out fine. You know, that's what I'd rather than you guys doing a podcast. Um, I, I listened again to the one episode. It felt like it was a fucking marathon. I feel like I binge watched their podcast or binge listen to their podcast, and I listen to one episode. That, that'll be all for me. Um, yeah, no, no one needs that, you know? So I don't know. But then, then again, maybe someone does, and it'll probably get like eight fucking million downloads, and they'll have a fucking Patreon and fucking <laughs> sell another half hour of that bullshit to fucking retards that are out there consuming this garbage. I don't know. What, what, what can you do? You know, I don't really, um, check out my boy, Jeremy over it. I got you five stars. You just did an interview last week with Fonzie, you know, Bill Alfonso from fucking, uh, ECW fame, you know, so check him out, man. He's a long time fucking ECW fan. So for him to sit down and talk to this dude, it was a you know great honor of his. And, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, you want to hear that type of shit. Like I, I feel like, you know, interviews for me are my best. I'm at my best in interviews when I'm talking to the CZW guys from old, old days. Cause that was what I followed so heavily. I, I, I remember all these matches like they were yesterday. I remember all this, these dates and not dates. I don't know dates for shit. Um, but like, I remember like shows and I remember like, Oh yeah, this is when that happened. And I, you know, I, I can get into that and I can really delve into these different things and I'd be like, Oh shit. You remember that? Like, yeah, because it, that time meant a lot to me. So Jeremy, you know, being the guy he was with ECW and attending all the ECW shows he attended and, you know, being so diehard with that, he can go into it with those guys. So I I really, and I encouraged him to do this. And I said, you know, not Fonzie. This is, I mean, everything he's done on that show is, is all his doing. Um, So I'm not taking credit for anything he's doing. I'm just saying, I would like to hear him interview more ECW guys. So, you know, anyone out there has connections for ECW guys, you know, fucking, you know, I'll help Jeremy make that connection, make it happen. I like to see him get, you know, fucking Dreamer on there and, you know, a couple of those other guys that have, that have done these shows on, 
you know, the, the Dreamer's a podcast guy. There's a lot of podcast podcast guys out there. Um, Stevie Richards and yeah, you know, who, who knows who else do you get on that show? So I'd like to hear that. Um, Jeremy's theme for that show has always been to interview up and coming wrestlers and really spotlight guys who people haven't heard before. And I don't think he needs to stray from that whatsoever. But right now, nobody's got shit to do. Everybody's sitting back. Everybody's fucking locked in their fucking house, whatever. If they're entertainers, especially old wrestlers and shit, can't wrestle if you're still wrestling. And if you weren't wrestling and all you're doing is, is conventions, you can't do conventions either. So this is, I think, a great time to try to capitalize on that stuff. Um, so anyway, check out Jeremy. He uh, had Fonzie on. He's going to have Fonzie on again, I think, another at least two times, at least from what he said. They're going to review a show together and then, uh, you know, do another uh, Q&A kind of deal. Check out Wrestling Soup. Uh, my man Joe Numbers, Anthony Missionary Thomas, and uh, they're doing their thing. Uh, check out Shaheen. He's doing uh, chair shot tees. And, uh, I man... I got to ask you, man, I don't know where Rob's getting those teen models for them shirts, but, you know, other than that, you know, this dude's putting on top-notch fucking t-shirts. Um, you know, you already know. Anything that goes on with um, Shaheen, you know, artistically, is going to be top-notch. I mean, this dude, he kills it all the time. He, he's been crushing it for years, and, you know, he was able to make a connection, you know, with people to hook up and do some fucking... Uh, exclusive things some things you you know that are authorized fucking exclusive and uh you know check him out over there doing that um nuclear heat graphics you know you can use all the the um extra commissions and then whatever you got over there so hit him up it's my dude um Check out Eric on the, I don't know if there's going to be a football season, but who gives a fuck because we weren't going to win anyway podcast. Um, the NFL draft is coming up. Who's going to be a fucking loser and wear a green jersey this year podcast? Um, you know, so tune in for all of the latest news and disappointing views and opinions of an Eagle fan. Um, great dude. Terrible topic. Um, check him out. Uh, check out Andrew Carluck, False Count Radio. Check out Sozio, struggling with Sozio. And he is struggling. So struggling. He, he's, I think, going to interview Pinky Sanchez. He, and, and that's struggling. If you don't know struggling, you, you interview a guy that bums for cigarettes outside of wrestling shows. You know what I mean? Interview some of those guys and you know struggling. That is that is Sozio at his most struggling. Strugglingest. I'm just going to make up words around struggling. But yeah, I, I think that's all I got. I think I covered a lot of topics there. And, uh, you know, we'll try to, try to pop back on this next week. Uh, everybody, you know, if you want to shoot me topics, you know, just, just trying to, you know, get them all together and um, figure out, uh, you know, what you like to hear me talk about. And uh, I'll let you know what I'm going to do. And maybe we can shoot up some more topics. And look, I'm, I'm down to do it. Like I said, uh, if I'm in the place where I'm in now, 
I'm willing to do this type of shit. You know, the puppet video is going. I got the fucking podcast going. You know, a couple more things, and I'm covering all bases. And uh, but again, I'm taking a day to day, seeing what I do. And uh, like I said, this week's going pretty well. So hope it continues. Um, everybody, fucking stay safe. Unless you're a dickhead, then uh, fucking jump off a bridge. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean that'll be one less person to avoid in Walmart. So it's just like, you know, it's almost like doing a public service, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, or make one last trip to Walmart and just spend a lot of time in the drain a while, um, you know, stock up, stockpile Drano, um, you know, for you and the family. I mean, whatever does what needs to happen, you know what I mean? Um, but anyone who's good out there, anyone who's, you know, People I fuck with, stay safe. Stay out of way to these fucking filthy animals. Isn't it crazy? These motherfuckers all got to wear masks and smell with their breath like all year long. It's just, you know what I mean? Like they walk around just inhaling that shit that nobody else wanted to deal with. <laughs> Thinking like, why does everything smell like shit? That's your breath, bro. That's, that's what it's, that's what it's been doing to everybody. Yeah. I mean, but now we're six feet away and luckily I smell a little bit less of it especially with that thing over your face, pushing it back into your nose. So enjoy, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, everybody stay safe. Um, and like I said, do what the fuck you got to do to keep yourself mentally fucking occupied. You know, this doesn't have to be as hard as some of us are making it. Find a level of comfort. You got the kids upgrade some of their shit. Do something special. And again, if you could do something physical with them, you know, you get, go get them a fucking trampoline. Go get them a something, you know. You got a little pad of fucking concrete out front. Go get them a basketball hoop. You go out there and it's just you and them, you know. Playing. Do something you weren't doing before. You got to step it up a little bit. Give them a little bit more to occupy them. So that way it's not the end of the fucking world for them. And then it makes it that much harder on you and everything you're dealing with, you know. So, you know, do what you can. Hold it together. I'll talk to you motherfuckers next week. Peace. I didn't even put, like, the outro, like, near where I was going to click it. I just said peace, and then I started scrolling. So that's, like, not how you want to run a podcast. Um, Although, you know, anybody fucking runs a podcast now. So jerk off asshole podcast number 8,000 coming up next, I'm sure. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all y'all and, uh, Shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. 
What I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Juza Kid Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm going to tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.